Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. You just heard that promo for Powerslam TV. And as a special deal for all my listeners, go to Powerslam TV, type in the coupon code Alliance. Pro, all capital letters, all one word, Alliance Pro, and you will get the first month of Power Slam TV for free. That's right, the first month of Power Slam TV will be absolutely free. So go to Power Slam TV, sign up, go to the coupon code, type in Alliance Pro, all capital letters, all one word, and you get the first month for free. Hello and welcome to the Alliance Pro Wrestling Network. This is the Pro Wrestling Throwback. I am your host, Lewis Carlin, and I want to introduce my co-host right now, Mr. No Class Bobby Bass. Bobby, hey, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing very good, sir. I'm really, really excited uh, for this show today because my good friend Bobby Fulton's on there. I haven't talked to Bobby in 30 years. I'm like a kid in an ice cream shop. I just can't wait to talk to him. There you go. You sound like you have a little bit of laryngitis, though. Uh, you, well, you do a lot of screaming last night, huh? No, I just, uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, let's introduce, let's introduce the guest because uh, he's um, an absolute legend in the sport of professional wrestling. He's one half of, I think, one of the greatest, absolute greatest tag teams in the history of professional wrestling. He's an absolute legend in professional wrestling. Very happy to welcome to the show the one and only Bobby Fulton. Bobby, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, Lewis, and listen to me. This is the first time in Bobby Bobby Bass, no class Bobby Bass's illustrious career that he is he is he is he is uh, lost his voice. Uh, I, I might be the only guy ever to have shut him, shut him up. He hasn't quit talking. Since today's back in Calgary, one of the greatest deals of all time. But you see, I've stopped him in his tracks. This meeting today here, live and on the uh, on this program, and here Bobby Bass is speechless. I've got him speechless. It's something Leo Burke couldn't do, something the Cuban assassin couldn't do, something Stu Hart couldn't do. But here Bobby Bolton has done it in 2019. There you go. There you go. 
first first and foremost first and foremost i want to i just want to say um i heard the news uh yesterday about um about the throat cancer i just want to say bobby that my thoughts and prayers are with you i'll pray for you every day and and i know that um that uh you're going to beat the throat cancer and uh my thoughts and prayers are with you and with your family sir thank you sir you know i'll tell you what i i i uh diagnosed with that the other day my son jaron was with me and uh, we uh we're going to get treatment and like you said i've got thousands and thousands of people all over this world that's praying i'm a christian and i believe in the power of prayer i've seen people with cancer and, and things that's inoperable cured and healed because of that and I, and I told the church this morning when i got there and i told other people that god has never done me wrong and he's not done me wrong now, and he didn't bring me this far to drop me off. And Lewis, I appreciate everybody in their continued prayers. I'm going to have a rough next three months, they said, with chemo and radiation. But after that, Lord willing, I'll be as good as new. And I'm looking forward to that. There you go. Wow. There you go, my friend. There you go. Um, okay, well, let's let's uh, another question. Let's let's get on to uh, your career. Uh, we got Bobby Bass here as well. Did you guys ever meet in the ring? Did you ever go one-on-one with Bobby Bass? No, I never did because I was I was on the same side as Bobby. I was a no-good, rule-breaking, eye-gouging, choking uh, guy just like him. But I had to see the light because all the girls were prettier on the other side. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Bobby Fulton. You might have been blind to have them sunglasses on, because I got news for you. You know, and hey, by the way, Lewis, you're reading me. We didn't go one-on-one. And Bobby Fulton, I know where you are. You hope you're sitting down when I say this, because I would have whipped your ass 10 days come Sunday. Oh, 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 listen to that. Now, sounds like a challenge to me. No, it is. Now, listen, if I could whip the Loch Ness Monster, Luke McMaster's, Bobby, you would be, you, you, you would just be a Sunday afternoon at the park if I could whip the giant like that. Giant hates that. Hey, hey Bobby, did you did you call us up to get in a fist fight today or what? What's going on here? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm actually, um, yeah, I'm. I'm a match between you two, so I'm trying to set up a match between uh, Bobby Bass and Bobby Fulton. Uh, the world's okay. been waiting for it. Bobby Bass versus Bobby Fulton, one on one. No class versus first class. No class versus well, well, first class. There you go. <laughs> hey, hey, Bobby, do, do, do you remember? Uh, this is going back 40 years ago, 30 years ago. Me, you, Cubit, and you mentioned the guy's name, the Loch Ness Monster, the big stinky guy from Scotland. Yeah. And we're, yeah, I, we're, I remember all of it. We're, we're in the bus, and uh, yeah. you're trying to get the. No, you're the only guy awake, I think it is. And, and the kid was trying to whip our pennies at the Loch Ness Monster. And he turned around and said, hey, who's doing that? And when he didn't mean the yeah. Cuban closed your eyes, they were to sleep. And you're going, right, what's going right. on? Right. <laughs> and then we threw, in, we threw another one, and he says, <laughs> somebody throws one more uh, one more penny, I'm stopping this van and kick somebody's butt. And the kid yeah. threw one. And he, remember, he got your side. He's going he's gonna, to you know, uh, give it to you, and the Cuban pulled the knife. And he said, amigo, yeah. today, he said, today you don't go home. Remember that? Yeah. He said it was, yeah, it was me that did that. And he said, that's all right, Angel. Let's just forget about it now. 
you know. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know. Well, you guys, you guys were the top guys, and I was just a jabroni. You know? No, 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 no. Excuse me, Bobby. No, no, no jabroni. You're one of the boys. You know. Thank you, you thank you, Bobby. The only jabroni I ever heard in this business was the guy Lewis had on his show last week. This guy's a jabroni. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be. So he's listening. That's right. So, so Bobby, how things going? How you? You're married. You got two great kids. I see you on Facebook. I'm, I'm not married. I, I got the two kids. I got the, I got the milk without having to buy the cow. You lucky bugger. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got well, two kids to run, Bobby. I, I got one eighteen and one twenty, and they're characters. Wow. They're both they're both a little bit of me wrapped up into a bundle, and they're characters. That's for sure. Yeah, Lord. and you know what I think today, Bobby, and I, I want you to think about this before you answer me. We've been in the business a long time. We're, we're what you call the yes, old timers now. Right, right. Of all the guys, Bobby, that we knew when we met. In our 40 years in this business, they're not around no more. And I feel sad for that. You know, you oh, you, you, you meet guys, you know. And, oh, by the way, Bobby Fulton, Mr. Big Shot, are you coming to CAC this year? I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I, I wanted to, I wanted to, I'm, I've, I've made plans on it. And now I got a little, I got to see what's going on. But, yeah, I'm, I planned on coming there this year. Do you go, Bobby, every year? Yep. And here's what I'm going to say right on this radio show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know my good friend Bobby Fulton can share a room with the bass man. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Bobby, you know, you know one thing about it, Lewis. When I was in Calgary working, Bobby Bass always talked about the Maritimes and how beautiful it was and this and that and everything. And that's one thing I never got a chance to go up and wrestle in that park. He talked about the seafood and all the great food and all the beautiful women and stuff up in the Maritimes, you yep. know. Uh, I, I, years ago, though, I did get to go to the Virgin Islands, and when my when me and my partner left, they had to change the name. It took me a it took me a little it took me a second, but no, I got it. I got it. Bobby, Bobby Fulton, Bobby, Bobby Fulton, Bobby. I just wanted—I've always wanted to ask you. I've always wanted to ask you, Bobby. And I thought—I thought, I thought uh, why do I never happen? How come there was never a feud between uh, the Fantastics and the Rock and Roll Express? I thought that—I well, always thought actually, that that would have been a great feud if it happened. Actually, actually, that was going to happen, and that was in the plans. That's why in the magazines it said. The Fantastics will not share their fans with the Rock and Roll Express. And actually, as Bobby Bass can tell you, I, I, well, I always thought I was a lot better heel than I was a babyface. So I was chomping at the bits okay. to learn we were going to do that at World and uh, NWA. And Robert Gibson happened to quit. And when he quit, then that mixed that idea of that. And then we were getting ready to wrestle renew our feud with the sheep herders there in the NWA. And then, of course, then they went to New York uh, and became the Bushwhackers. But we were going to turn heel against the Rock, against the Rock and Roll Express. And if we would have, I guarantee you, it would have been some tremendous matches. Because I've wrestled them hundreds of times as a heel on smaller shows. And every time, it's almost a riot. I mean, almost. And Bobby, 
knows what I mean. Back in the day, oh yeah, there was there was yep. riots in these buildings, mm. and we, whenever me and Ricky Morton wrestled, still today, if we wrestle, it's almost a near riot every time. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Oh, wow. uh, you know, uh, with the with the heat that's there. I mean, just uh, and the people going crazy and everything. But but I would have loved that chance. I, I I was there when the Rock and Roll Express was giving their gimmick in Memphis. When Jerry Lawler came in with a box of uh, bandanas and stuff and said, guys, tie these on. Because as Bobby Bass will tell you, back then you didn't go in the ring with anything tied around you. If you did, someone was going to choke you with it. You didn't wear earrings or nose rings or necklaces right, right. or whatever. You went out there in a pair of boots and trunks. And uh, but, but then, of course, in the 80s, they started in Memphis changing some things and putting some stuff together, and the Rock and Roll Express was made there, and they're a great tag team, and dear personal friends of mine. As a matter of fact, I just seen them this past weekend in Winston-Salem, and uh, but we could have tore the place down as heels against them, and I would have loved every minute of it. But I don't know if Tommy was a big fan of that or not. It came from the from the Jack Briscoe school, of uh, which Jack Briscoe was great, and Buzz Sawyer kind of broke him in, and he was more, he more a father. He didn't even like wearing, at the beginning, the tux jackets or anything. He wanted to go out with a towel and a pair of trunks, you know, and stuff like that, which wasn't bad, but that was that Florida style, so to speak, wrestling. But I, I think he would have jumped on board. We would have tore, tore the place down if we'd have had a chance to wrestle Hill against the Rock and Roll. Thanks for asking that. Absolutely. And I know there was uh, there was a number of four-way elimination matches in the Mid-South. Uh, you guys, the Rock and Roll Express, yeah. the Guerreros, and yeah. the Midnight Express. Yeah. I, I thought that would have been a good spot for you guys to turn heel on the Rock and Roll Express. But uh, those were uh, uh, Is there a backstory behind those uh, four-way elimination matches? No, I just think that they had them. They just had the matches. And it was just something that Bill Watson featured. But I remember being in quite a few of them. And, you know, you know... People talk about the 80s, and I was thinking about this before I got on the program. Really, it was a tremendous time for tag team wrestling. Now, tag team wrestling's kind of been put back on the back burner, but it's a big element and a part of wrestling. But if you think about the 80s, you think about the Road Warriors, who really brought the, and Bobby can tell you too, the Road Warriors brought the big man into professional wrestling. There wasn't that many big guys like the Road Warriors, and they set the uh, pattern for that. And then, of course, once they were real successful, then others followed. But, you know, they had uh, a lot of great tag teams in the 80s. And, I mean, it's an era that I think that that, uh, that when you look back on it, say, man, it was some great tag team wrestling for sure there, you know, uh, with all the great teams at that time. You're, you're absolutely right, Bobby. It's a fantastic ever. Well, go ahead, the Fantastics ever wrestle the Road Warriors? Well, I, I got a funny story to tell you guys. And me and Terry Taylor, we were the original Fantastics for about six weeks one time. And we were in Atlanta, and the Road Warriors had just started. And uh, I was about, you know, but when Bobby, ba- when Bobby Bass knew me in Calgary, I was about 2.30. Then I'd left Calgary. I'd gotten a riot and got my arm broke. Well, I started learning about dieting and training and looked a lot different than what I was. So I was probably about 195, but I looked more like a bodybuilder probably 
when I was I was a big guy. As a matter of fact, Lynn Denton called me Baby Bull Ramos. I don't know if you remember that, Bobby Bass, but yeah, I do, I do, I do. You guys yeah. told me that. And uh, and but when I got to when I was down there, we were going to wrestle the Road Warriors in the Omni. Me and Terry Taylor and my boss at the time, Bill Dundee, said if you guys go and put them over, you're going to kill off everything we're doing. So Ole Anderson called us in there, and you guys know the history of Ole Anderson, belligerent, cussing, loud, yep. you know, talking this yep. and that. He, he said, here I am, five foot nine, 190. He says, you guys go put the road warriors over tonight. I said, I'm not putting them over. And Ole Anderson was speechless, and this story's never really been told much in wrestling. And I said, I'm not going to do it. My boss told me not to do it, and I'm not going to do it. And Ole Anderson just couldn't believe it. I mean, he, he didn't know what to say. So what they did, they took me out of a match. They had me go out in a match earlier, get posted to work an angle for what we were doing. And then they put Steve-O and Terry Taylor out there. They beat Steve-O. And then years later, we were riding me and Tommy and Road Warrior Animal, Joe, and he said, can you believe your partner back there wouldn't put me over years ago? But it was because, Bobby, my boss had told me no. Yeah. And my boss is my boss. And, you know, this business, number one, is at work. Of course, we can say that today, years ago. I just shared yeah, some couple page about me, Terry Taylor, Tommy Rogers, getting arrested for beating up fans for saying wrestling was fake. Because Bobby can tell you, Lewis, if people said it was fake back in the day, they either had a butt kicking coming or they had an attitude to just were coming. And that's just the way it was. And that's the way we, yep. we broke into the business. We didn't speak liberally. I would never told that story years ago. But now, everybody, I, I read last night where some guy quit the business recently because he's so tired of the fans with their smart talk and this and that. And we just did a thing in Winston-Salem that was about world-class wrestling and Black Bart came on and he said, why don't the fans just learn to be fans again and enjoy what you're watching instead of trying to critique everything? And it's true. You go to a magic show knowing that the guy's not Merlin, but you still enjoy the magic show. And I wish that the fans, and I'm a big wrestling fan, Bobby, I, I love the business and I'm sure you do too. We couldn't admit that years ago, but no, uh, no. But we, we couldn't say, man, we really love this, but although we did, then we would be considered a mark in the dressing room. But the thing of it is, if the fans would just be the fans, it, it would be so much better than, than, than what, what it is today. I mean, they don't have to know everything. And I wish people quit having to tell them, let it be a surprise. Because that's some of the best stuff when they're surprised. You know, enjoy it. It's like Santa Claus. I want to enjoy Santa Claus. Don't don't show up in a pair of blue jeans and a skinny guy. You know what I mean. I want to see the jolly old elf himself. <laughs> you, you know, Bobby, you're absolutely right in everything you said. Uh, and back in the 80s, we had a word called kayfabe. You know that. That's we never, ever history. spoke. We never spoke about our business to marks or fans, as you want to call well, them. Right, that's, right, that's, right, that's right. Yeah, and the fans loved what we did. We kept them on the edge of the seat, night sure, after night, sure. week after week. Sure. And, and, sure. and then, you know, uh, Lewis asked me one time, what do I think of Vince McMahon? I think Vince McMahon hurt a lot of people in our business. Yes. First of all, yes, he took yes. all the territories, took all the territories, and closed them. 
A lot of guys don't know. Yeah. Uh, right. He had to he had to uh, pick and choose of who he wanted to to be on his thing. He's the guy that, that broke the word kayfabe. He's the guy that told everybody about our business. And to that's me, right, that's that's right. that is so disrespectful to do that. I mean, we were making a good living, Bob. I mean, uh, we wasn't rich, don't get me wrong, but we, we did pretty damn good in, in, in the 80s and all that. Sure, and the sure, trip, sure. The trip in Japan would be great, fantastic. But I want to ask you a question that uh, Lewis had not answered yet. How did you and Tommy Rogers get together? Well, I was wrestling in San Antonio at the time for Joe Blanchard, who was a great wrestling promoter, great wrestler and a promoter. And Tommy was wrestling in Atlanta. And what had happened was Bill Watson came up to Memphis. His territory was on its butt. So he came up to Memphis, and he picked some guys that was working underneath in the Memphis territory at the time, which was like uh, the Rock and Roll Express, Dennis Condry, Bobby Eaton, Jim Cornette, and he brought them to Louisiana. Well, he sent he sent to to Jerry Jarrett guys like Jim Neidhart, who we wrestled with in Calgary, yep. and uh, Rick Rude and some guys like that. Well, Jerry Jarrett got mad because he said, you guys took these top guys because Bill was doing big business. He said, and, and I went to Rock and Roll Express back for 90 days. Well, at that time, they had to... To bring someone to fill in. Me and Tommy was just supposed to be a 90-day replacement team. Tommy was in Atlanta. I was in, uh, they asked us to come in to work for 90 days. And that's what's amazing about it because it worked at Midnight Express until the rock and roll got back. But when we got there, the fans were just so pro rock and roll, it was unbelievable. But as we stayed, we got over. We worked hard. We became a real good team, and then when we – so Bill Watson, Bill Dundee, superstar Bill Dundee put us together. So when we when we left there after, uh, I can't remember now, uh, six months or so, we went to Texas and really got over strong. But me and Tommy Rogers, I'm not just saying it because it was him and I, but I'm just saying we were we worked hard as a team. There's no I in team, and we uh, – was able to wrestle with all kinds of guys, regardless of their style that they wrestled, you know, uh, and things yep, like that. Yep. So that's how we got together. That's how we got together. Well, you know, the Bobby today, uh, I am not very pleased with what I see at the indie show. I hear you. Uh, I hear you. You, you, got the, you got these kids, 140 pounds, buggy with arms, and he think, and he think the champs. After three days or four days on the road, you know, do you think know. you know it all? I know, I know. And, and, and you know, it's just like me. I was a, I was, I'm five foot nine. I was a, not, not a big guy in the wrestling business. But, man, I, I go into some of these shows now, and I'm, I'm, these guys are a lot shorter than I am. And I'm sitting there going, my goodness, I was considered not a big guy. But now yeah. I'm taller than a lot of these guys. And, and like you said, they're little, and it, it's just really tough. You know what happened in the 80s, Bobby, when everybody lost their job. Everybody started trying to open up wrestling schools and yep. trying to make a living. So so then out of the wrestling schools, there was a few good guys trained, but then after they took like six months of lessons, they thought they were good enough to open up wrestling schools. So oh, now yeah. what we yep. got is a watered-down version 
of professional wrestling, especially at these independent shows, and then they watch the WWE as a as a platform for pro wrestling, and we see those guys, and I've been to the performance center and trained guys and, and look forward to going back. They're training them right. It's just something's happening when they get up to the WWE and they ended up they end up not wrestling at all. It's just a lot of a lot of like people say glorified stuntmen stuff. And that's why yeah. you know I watched the crowd. Bobby years ago when you guys would wrestle there in Calgary and everywhere, we could have the people standing. They only stand now when they come to the ring and leave the ring. Other than that, yeah. they're sitting not even making a noise during the match. It's because there's no clear, concise baby face, no clear, concise heel, and that way the people don't realize or know who to get behind, actually. They don't have a hometown favorite, and that's what's lacking, I think, big time, is uh, people to get behind them. The last big baby face to me, I mean, was like Stone Cold Steve, of course, Hulk Hogan, but Stone Stone Cold Steve Austin and them was the people everybody wanted to get behind them. And it was yeah. really, really red hot back then, you know. Oh, but now boy, was it everybody's ever. a shade of gray. Everything's yeah. a shade of gray now. Bobby, I'm going to ask you something, brother. Do, yeah. you, do you have a funny story about Stu Hart? Yeah, 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 Bobby. Yeah, yeah I, can, I, I can talk like him sometimes. <laughs> well, I'll tell you two or three stories. And I won't do my two Stu Hart voice. But oh, just one time, one time. Just, well, I can't really because my voice is bothering me a little bit. Okay, uh, okay. Let me uh, tell you something, uh, Bobby Bass. Uh, uh, this, uh, Bobby Fulton has come into the uh, territory. <laughs> what, what was funny, you know, we lived at that, we lived at that Bob, Bob, Bob's house. Remember that Bob's house, that guy named Bob's house? And one time, yeah, yeah. I have a phone, but Stu would call, and, 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 and I'm pretty sure, and this is how I knew it was Stu, because, you know, his sons would answer the phone and talk yeah. like him. And the guys yeah. would travel across the world and thought they had a starting date. They would get there and they who didn't even know who they were, you know. But <laughs> I remember one time I got a call and Bobby came over and he said, uh, Bobby, Stu Hart's on the phone next door. And I went across over there <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, yes, this is Bobby Fulton. He said, uh, uh, how are you today? And I said, I'm doing good. And he used other adjectives and superlatives when he talked. Uh, you know, you young kid. Uh, and I asked him finally in the conversation, I said, Stu, do you think there's any way that I could give some kind of a little bit of a raise? Now, this is how I knew it was Stu. I ended up getting a little bit of a raise. It wasn't a whole much, but just a little bit. Because, you know, we were just on a little guaranteed. Especially I was... Yeah. Yeah. East guy, but but I knew it was him. But you know, I have another story I tell you. Right there on the front porch, I put it in my comic book. I'll never forget Lynn Bitten and David Patterson was in the territory. They were the tag team champions. And one morning they That's woke right. me up and I walked out on the porch and Lynn Bitten says, Bobby small package me. I said, What? He said, Small package me. I said, Do what? And he said, Small package me. I small packaged them there, Lewis. On the front porch, David Patterson counted one, two, three, <laughs> and said, you're in the now the North American Tag Team Champions, and dropped the belts and left. So I'm stuck in the house thinking, what am I going to do? 
I'm a I'm a single young guy and I'm the tag team champion. And about two hours later, Dynamite Kid comes and knocks at the door, and he said, oh, "Bobby, I believe you got some small packages for me." And I busted out laughing. It was embarrassing, and it was great. I tell you what, it was funny. You know, you know, Bobby, we got to see Dynamite Kid. Yes. And work with him. He was unbelievable. He was unbelievable, wasn't he? He was incredible but, in the ring, wasn't he? Oh, uh, you know what? A lot, a lot of people didn't like the kid, you know, because he, like he had a temper. But uh, I, I, like I first met him in Japan, where we worked together, yeah. and we were we become. He never, he never shot with me, never hurt me, uh, made me look yeah. good. I made him look good. Uh, you know what, Bobby? After all them years. Uh, people talk about him, and I say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe he treated yeah. you like that, but he treated me fine. And I got yeah, along good with the kid. Me. And I and I seen him in Japan years later. He was always like gold to me. Yeah. And I got along real good with him. You know, I guess it just depends how you came across to him. If you came yeah. across to him as a prick or a prima donna, he probably did have something in for you now. Also, at the same time, Bobby Bass, I wouldn't open up. I wouldn't drink a Coca Cola that he brought to me and said, "Oh, you're up, Bobby. I got your Coca Cola that <laughs> was already old. The bottle was old." But I said, ah, "No, no dynamite." But, you know, Bobby Lee came into the territory from Ohio. He came up to Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Ronnie Lee and Dynamite every day fixed him some hot chocolate that had some uh, that had that uh, candy in it. That uh, what do they call that? Um, that, uh, X-Lax. Go to the huh? Yeah, X-Lax. X-Lax. It was full yeah. of X-Lax. And I'll never forget we were riding in the van <laughs> one time and somebody passed gas and Ronnie Lee said, I just wish I could do that again. Because every time he passed gas, he crapped all over himself, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story about Dynamite Kid. Uh, we took the bus. So, uh, remember Stu's old bus? We were on that old bus and we're going... I don't rem- I don't I don't remember I don't know I don't remember the bus as much as I remember that van. Oh that van was unbelievable. We got we got on that bus and we're going someplace and they had this girl, Dynamite and Davy. Uh she was one yeah. of their love of their lives, I guess. Anyway, they had a cake. <laughs> they, they had a cake, chocolate cake and they tried, hey guys, you want some cake? Well, we knew what was going on. So no thanks. Right. Anyway, the girl, the girl ate three or four pieces of cake. It was X-Lax. And oh, they wouldn't let her get, Yeah, they wouldn't let her get off the bus to use the washroom. Oh, oh <laughs> Lord. Let me tell you. Jesus. And, and, and the same bus were going up to Regina. And I think Bruce and uh, somebody else was driving. And, and they were running out of gas. So they saw a construction, construction, construction site. And said, hey, let's get the gas out of that. So they pulled up by the big tank. They filled up the bus with, with fuel. And he took off. Well, half hour later, the black smoke all over the highway. The engine blew up. <laughs> they, 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 they put diesel fuel in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stupid. And, and, and you know, Lewis, you may not believe this, but Bobby's on the end of the line. He'll tell you, we used to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning in Calgary with a winter storm, 35 below zero, unplug the car because they had a heater in it, and go up right. to uh, to Regina to be yes, in Regina sir. that night. Yes, sir. You know, the we weather, would, Bobby, remember? Yeah, we would, we would, 
we would sometimes go over to the Mohawk. I knew you drove your car then. But sometimes <laughs> yep. we went to the Mohawk. We were supposed to meet at 9 or 10, and they would pick us up at 1 o'clock and drive 100 miles an hour all the way <laughs> yep. to Regina, 500 miles. It was a 500-mile yep. drive. And you wouldn't give a damn. You wouldn't give it. Wouldn't give a damn. You went like crazy. No. Uh, uh, were you, no. you there at the time that uh, Leo Barker, Brad Howard, fought to work with uh, Hardy Race uh, in Mont? Went to Kate Helen, Montana, right over the border. We used to go there, and uh, uh -huh. they they got the van. They took off <laughs> almost three hundred miles up the road. <laughs> What I said to the other guy, did you hook the ring on? He goes, what? No. Oh, you did. <laughs> oh my God. We, we, we worked in a high school where you put the tarp down and you had to pretend you were in a ring. <laughs> That's something. That is funny. That is funny. You know. And we just. <laughs> go ahead. That is so funny. No, go ahead. Go I'm just laughing at it. Yeah, one time I remember we were wrestling in Montana. And and it was uh, let's see, Sandy Scott, the referee Sandy Scott was having a wrestle, yeah. and Wayne was refereeing, and Bruce was Bruce was uh, wrestling Sandy Scott, and Wayne told him said if you drop your hand one more time I'm gonna ring the bell. Well he did, and as soon as he did, Bruce jumped up in the ring and punched Wayne in the face. They came back to the dressing room. It was all in a big fist fight. Old John Foley was back there saying, isn't this just terrible? All the hearts were back there fighting. You know how it went. Oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> you know how yep. it went back then. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, and, 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 but you know what? To all the uh, stuff we've been through, I'm like you. I wouldn't change that for the world, Bobby. No, what I wouldn't we, either. What we've been I and what we've done and what we've seen, these young kids today would never experience what we did. You know? I, I seen Bret Hart in Philadelphia a couple of years ago, and I told him, I said, Brett, I really had a good time. I love working in that territory. He said, Bobby, you're one of the few people that ever say that because, but it's true, Bobby. What a great territory it was. What yeah. a great learning yep. experience. What a great yep. place and a great opportunity, man. I'll tell you what, it was phenomenal. And the business was on fire. You guys were working on top. And I'm telling you, I'll never forget, it just kept drawing. And we were, you were packing them buildings everywhere. Leaf Bridge, uh, uh, all of them, all of them was yeah, full red yeah. here. We were going to all them places wrestling, and it was great. We had a great crew of guys, and it was just a great time. I really enjoyed that. It was great. Don't, I got one more thing you... to tell you guys. One okay. Time, one time, one time, one time I had to ride with Hubert Gallant. Bill Burke and Joe Ventura. And I smoked okay. cigarettes back in those days. And when I went to get in the car, they said, I'm sorry, but there's not allowed, you're not allowed to smoke cigarettes in this car. I said, okay. <laughs> so they all lit up cigars and started smoking them, right? <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, this Bam, 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 bam. They played French radio the whole trip and only spoke French the whole trip. And we drove like 500 miles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, 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 the you did that listen, too. To, listen to that French radio and listen to them speak French. Not that I didn't want to hear French, but <laughs> it would have been nice if they could have said a word or two to me occasionally, you know, sitting over there by myself. 
they, they ripped you really good. Hey, Bobby, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've always wanted, I wanted to ask you, what, what were your favorite memories of feuding with the Midnight Express? And which version of the Midnight Express did you, uh, did you prefer working with? You know, I'll tell you what. Both teams were phenomenal. And, and Dennis, Loverboy Dennis and Beautiful Bobby was great. They were the first ones. Then, and, and I loved every match with them. I mean, it was, it was, and when I say it was a night off, Bobby knows what I mean. But we tore yep. the houses down every time we stepped in the ring. Then, then Sweet Stan came on board when Dennis disappeared, when MIA. And Sweet Stan added another element. And there was not really nothing to me missing in the team. It just added another element to it, and they were great and the same. It was always a night off. It was always uh, – Arn Anderson came up to me. He said, man, you guys work so hard. He said, you make us work hard to follow the matches. And Bobby knows what I mean when I said, you know, yep. it, it, you, you got to follow matches like that. You got your work cut out for you that night, you know. You darn and right, boy. You make your work harder. Phenomenal. Yeah, both teams were phenomenal. The Midnight Express, whichever one, they're, they're both great in their own right. And uh, we had tremendous, tremendous matches with them, you know, uh, all over the country. As a matter of fact, it was great, great. We, do you have any, do you have any good all, Jim Cornette stories? Do you have any good? I've, I've got a million Jim Cornette stories. One time when we were in Washington, okay. D.C., and Jim wore his polyester pants, right? Well, Jim was in the bathroom taking a pee, and I took a wad of toilet paper and threw up under the thing. Well, it caught his polyester pants on fire, and it burnt right up his leg. So he got mad and threw his pants off, and I grabbed his pants, and I carried him out to the ring, and Tommy Rogers kept saying, don't do that, Bobby, don't do that. Don't do that, Bobby. Well, when I got to the ring, I said, I got Jim Cornette's pants, and Jim, being quick-witted, said, Bobby Fulton, you've always wanted to get in my pants. He told all the people there in Washington, D.C. So, uh, oh, me and Jim Cornette, we've been friends. We've been foes and friends for so many years. I remember being in the car with him. And, Lewis, I don't know if you know this, but he can tell you. I predicted his whole career to him. Me and his mama and him was riding in the car because she would sell pictures for Miss Christine Cornette. Uh, Miss Christine Jarrett and Thelma, his mom, and I would ride with them to the towns and we would talk and I told them, I don't think you'll ever be a wrestler, Jimmy, but you're going to be a booker. You're going to do a lot of stuff. You're going to be a manager in the wrestling. You're going to do really well. And Sometimes he wants to cuss me because of some of the stuff he's had to go through as a booker, as a this and that and whatever, but Jim Cornette and me are funny. I made him I've made him wrestle. And one time we was wrestling in a match, Bobby, and I got up on the top rope, and he was already stuck in the air about to throw up. And I told him, I said, I ain't coming off to you. You superplex me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's, going, oh. he's already green. His tongue's hanging out. And he got up on the second, on the first rope, reached up and superplexed me off the top. And we've always had a ball, you know. Ah. Uh. It's just, it's, just too, it's just too bad we can't relive them uh, them times in, in our lives. You know that, uh, yeah. like I said, like I said earlier, we have done things that the ordinary people only dream of. Uh, oh, we have been places, you know. I know. It, 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 
But you know what, Bob? You got, you talk more than I do. You got more stories than I do. I'm just letting you go because I enjoy them. Well, you know what? Here's the deal, Bobby. I am, I, I've got some throat problems, but they did a CAT scan on my brain, and after all them chair shots, and back then we really hit each other hard. Oh, and yeah. my brain's in perfect condition, so I, I can think, and I remember every little thing. As a matter of fact, Bobby, you owe me $10 in Canadian. I loaned it to you that night. You went out with that girl, and you said you needed 10 more dollars. You only had 20 and I don't know if I could get that, or how about inflation up in Canada, what, what, what that would well, be today. You see, you got that wrong, Bobby. I tell you why. Because you made one good point. When you got hit with the chair for real, you remembered <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I tell you what, what kind of guy are you running with here with Bobby Bass? I tell you what, no class. That's what, that's what, uh, the, the ring announcer used to say, and, uh, he used to give Bobby Bass a hard time. I knew his name, Ed Whalen. He used to give Bobby Bass such a hard time, and they had a perfect, they were like freaking frack. They were like Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon. And they would go out there and just carry on, and it was great stuff, I'm telling you. I had uh, so many great memories, and Bobby, the one thing about our wrestling business is, it's a shame that we all don't live in a town together, but but if we did, the town would blow up, probably. But (laughs) but we've got so many friends spread out all over the world, and you know, it's like this, Lewis. I haven't talked to Bobby in 30 years, but when we talk, and it's like this with all the other boys, and the girls in the business, it's like we've never missed a step or a time. We're right back. Yep. <coughs> talking about stuff. And it's like we've never we've never missed a minute, you know. And, and that's the camaraderie, the common thread that we have in professional wrestling. And uh, yep. I'm just grateful for this opportunity to get out here and talk to you guys today. And uh, this and that and everything. I'll tell you what, Bobby, I was looking so forward, I told Lewis, I was looking so forward to talking to you, uh, you know, and, and telling stories, and you made my day for me. But I know where you live, and I mean, the wife yes. decided to go on the trip, we're going to drop down and get in touch with you and come drop on. in and say hi. Come on, come on, I want you to. I want you to. If you don't, I'll be mad at you. Oh, you are mad at me for 40 years, for Christ's sake. What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Actually, actually, Lewis, it was twenty dollars that I bought. See, see, see all the time. That's why you don't trust Bobby Fulton. Don't loan him money. I loaned him fifty bucks. I haven't seen a penny. Hey, every, everybody has a good Andre the Giant story. Everybody has a good Andre the Giant story. Bobby, uh, do you have a good Andre story? I, 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 I met him a couple of times, but. Right at the end, when he was uh, when he was when he wrestled in Japan, it was me and my brother and him. With me and my me and my brother and Dale Wilkes wrestled him. And I was in a work in a working way. I said, "You just hurt my brother." And his face and my brother said the same. He was so concerned he wouldn't hurt a fly. Not unless no. he didn't like you. And yeah, he was oh. a super nice guy, man. He was a gentle giant. I remember he would set me up on the ropes to nail him. I had a pretty decent punch and he must have liked it and I, he put me up there <clears throat> he was a super nice guy and just uh just uh just uh what a, what an amazing man andre the giant was you know yeah. uh yeah and uh, but if he didn't like you i heard it was a whole nother story for you it can oh, make yeah. your life pretty miserable 
but he was always really nice to me. And uh, like I said, I ran across him a couple different times. And I lived in North Carolina, and never forget one time I stopped at the. He used to live there up above Rockingham, North Carolina, and it, there was a place he would go eat every night. And people would tell all kinds of stories. Of course, you know, he could drink a case or two and not bother anybody. No, 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 no. (laughs) I do have one story that I remember hearing as a young kid about Black Jack Mulligan and him. And Black Jack Mulligan was a pretty big man and had a pretty big hand itself. And I guess at a party, he walked up and sucker punched Andre just to see what Andre had. And Andre just turned to him and said, hey, boss, do you want to fight? And oh, it yeah. took Black Jack back because it didn't even phase Andre the Giant, you know, getting punched like that. But he was a class act for sure. Andre you want to believe Giant. it. Yep. You <laughs> sure was. You know, the only one, the one thing I about Andre that sort of upset me, Bobby, if you travel with him, he wouldn't let you buy him a beer or anything, you know? That's what I heard. That's what, and you remember, you remember how all the boys used to play cribbage years ago? Oh, jeez, he got me. He got me. Well, yeah. listen, listen. I just found the cribbage game at an antique store <laughs> the other day, and I bought it and I brought it home. I never really played it, but it, remember, a lot of guys would carry them with them, and yes, it, and it was something that they would play cribbage. Yep. <laughs> I remember you know, that. Uh, yeah, I got a back. story about. Hey, uh, Lewis, I got a story about Andre. Give us one. Okay, go ahead, buddy. Okay, I was working when I went in, in uh, Kansas City. Me and uh, I, I forget the guy's name, his real name, but he he worked at Tokyo Joe. So he, he yeah. we were doing the routine. You know the routine we always did: the arms, the legs, the butt, and all that. So he pushed me out, yeah. and he had me above his head, and I weighed two fifty five at that time, Bobby. And I said sure, to him. Sure. And I said, is that it? He goes, okay, boss. And he pissed me straight up, tilted his hand back, and walked around the ring. And he found a place where he could throw me up from uh, the top rope into the, you know, onto the concrete. So he heaves me. <laughs> I take the bump. Boom, boom. I'm the bump taker. Bobby, you know that. I took, I took the mm-hmm. bump. And, and Tokyo Joe comes out, and he throws me in the ring. Uh, he slams Joe. He slams me. He sits on us. One, two, three. So we go back to the okay. dressing room like, we go back to the dressing room. I said, Boo, Andre, I'm glad that's over. Oh, boss, I like that. We do that every night now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he's like. I, I, drove him all, I drove him all over the place, probably, when they went out in Kansas and Canada. I, I had the van right. and came with me all the time. Right. Nice right, guy. Right. Yeah, and I also, nice guy. I also heard through the grapevine that John. Stud quit the WWF because Henry didn't like him when beating the crap out of him every night. Yeah, because he kept telling him, don't step over the top rope. I'm the only that's one right. that Yeah, that's John right. You're Stubb, right. John Stud wouldn't listen. And he listened after that. <laughs> you know? So it's good. Now, how are you doing on time, Bobby? How are you doing on time? As a matter of fact, I'll tell you what I'm doing, guys, today. You won't believe this. I went to church this morning. Then a guy called me last night. My Listen, somebody canceled out of my wrestling show. Can you come and help me out? So I'm driving three hours to a wrestling show to wrestle this afternoon. And uh, 
I got this wrestling show, and I'm doing another one next next uh, <coughs> next week, and then that's going to be it for a while. I got uh, you know, Bobby. It's hard to get it out of your system. You know it what is, I mean? It is. Well, well, Bobby Fulton, uh, I don't know how old you are, brother. I think you're in your early fifties or late fifties. I'm I'm fifty nine. I'm fifty nine. I'm look uh, here, I'm Bobby. Sorry. I'm forty years younger than you are. <laughs> you know what? You're not too far off. I'm 73 coming my next birthday, uh, uh, Bob. And I'm still walking and talking. And you know what else I, I admire about you, Bob? As long as I've known you, you never took a drug. You know? No, did I know of anyway? No, either did I. I scared the hell out of me when I saw the boys in the dressing room. You know? Yep, yep. I never got into that part of my life. I never got into that. And thank no. God I didn't. I mean, Maybe that's why we're guys, still around, Bob. Yeah, that's right. You, you know, a lot of guys, I, w- I would meet them, and uh, I would say, they would drink a quart of milk, and then two or three years later, you'd meet them, and they'd be drinking a quart of whiskey, and uh, doing all kinds of drugs, and everything yep, else. Yep. I just never got into that, you know. No, no. I didn't. My wife, Helen, now, she keeps me on a pretty strict, uh, you know, uh, I don't right. drink down much whiskey. She tells me when to stop. You know, she said, hey, that's enough. You're acting like a fool. So I don't drink our stuff anymore. I drink Pat Blue Ribbon. I got you, Pat Blue Ribbon, huh? That's good. That's good. No, <laughs> no Canadian beer at all, huh? No, no. Uh, well, I'll tell you the truth, Bobby Fulton. I am gearing up for Vegas. Get all the boys. Do you know Ron Hutchison? You know Ronnie? Who? Ronnie Hutchison. He, he trained. Uh, I know the Chris. name, yes. I know, yeah, Canadian guy, yes. I've heard his name. He's Canadian guy, right? Yes, he is, yep. yep. He knows yep. every he, place in Vegas. He knows every place in Vegas to sell the beer for a buck. And it's all pop blue ribbon. So I'm, get, I'm, getting, I, I'm getting in shape. <laughs> I got you. You're getting ready for it. I hope I hope you I hope Bobby I hope you can make it, buddy. I really do. Yep. Yep. Hey there's so many things that you would see. Yeah. I want you to I want you all to pray for Tracy's mother too. He has cancer okay. as well. He has a oh, and, he's, oh. and, he's, and he needs he needs a prayer. Oh, I'll send my prayers out there, brother. You yeah, know that. I appreciate it. Yeah, me too. Yes, me sir. too. Yes, sir. But I appreciate you guys having me today. It's been great reminiscing. Uh, yep. It sure and has. That was great having stuff. you, Bobby. Yeah, like, like Bobby, I, I, I grew up watching you, Bobby, and you're... I grew up... I just want to say, I grew up watching you, Bobby. You were always one of my favorites, and it's Thank an absolute you, honor that I get to speak with you today, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Thank you very much. Guys, Take care, and, and my prayers are with you, Bobby, 100%. Thank you. Thank you. Have me back at the over if you don't mind. Yes, sir, Bobby. No, Bobby. Absolutely. Me, anytime, me, Bobby. Anytime. Let me you to you, Bobby. To you and your family. Yeah. Very, very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And let's do this again. Yes, please. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to y'all. God bless. Thank you, sir. God bless, Same Bobby. Take Thank care. you. God bless you, Bobby. Bye-bye. Thank you. God bless. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye. Lou, you still there? All right. That was, that was, that was, that was great reminiscing, uh, I thought I thought that was really, no, okay, really good. No, 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 I'm just kidding. 
That was very oh, good. No, that, that was great. That was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you know what? We can get him on again. That was fantastic. We can get him again. Absolutely. Yeah. No, anytime he wants, anytime he wants to come on. Yeah. Uh, but anything, anything uh, you want to close with today before we wrap it up? Or? Yeah, I just want to close with this. I just want to oh, wait a minute. When is our next uh, broadcast? Any idea? After Christmas, we, or? we need to find that. We we, <laughs> we need to find a ne- we need to find the next guest first. I think you said Ron Hutchinson was interested. Yeah, we'll have to set a date. Probably okay. it will probably be in the new year, in twenty twenty, January twenty twenty. At some point, we'll uh, we'll hook up again okay. and we'll get somebody on. Okay, let me just say this to all the fans that listen to this show and, and giving me and all my buddies from, from the yesteryears a chance to come on and talk and, and tell these stories and let's entertain you fans out there what it was really like. And thank Lewis for having us on and bringing back all your old memories. And Lewis, uh, from the heart, I, I appreciate everything you're doing for us, keeping the old time wrestling alive, my friend. And to you and your family, Merry, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank you. Same to you. And like I grew up with the old time wrestling uh, fans since 1979, and getting to have you guys on the show, you know, you, I think you said earlier that you, you're like a kid in a candy store when you get to talk to Bobby. It's just like cool. for me every every time we I have you guys on. So I, you know, I, I can't believe that I, I grew up watching you guys, and now I have my own show, and you guys are guests on my show. It's it's like surreal to me that uh, that I, that I have you on, but. Um, it's an the honor's all mine. Believe me, the honor's all mine, Bobby. And I appreciate the kind words. You're very welcome, Lou. I'm going to let you go on that and have a great day, my friend. Okay, you too. And have a Merry Christmas as well. Happy New Year to you and your family. And rest that voice uh, for, for next time, my friend. Keep that, get that voice it. rested. All right, okay, take care, buddy. Later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Talk to you later, my friend. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, this has well, this has been the Alliance Pro Wrestling Network, the Pro Wrestling Throwback. I'm your host, Lewis Carlin, and for my co-host, uh, No Class Bobby Bass, I want to say thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. And, uh, oh, of course, I want to thank our guest, Bobby Fulton, for joining us today. And um, uh, my thoughts and prayers are with uh, Mr. Fulton and his family as he's uh, battling the throat cancer. So until next time, thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. And stay safe, everyone. So long. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.